0: Can you hear me? Do you know where you are? You're in a dream. Would you like to wake up from this dream? Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Welcome to
1: the Coffee Clutch Crew Westworld episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino.
2: I'm Christina Lomangino.
1: And today we bring ourselves back online for episode three. The Absence of Field.
2: Written by Denise Tay and directed by Amanda Marsalis, IMDb is giving this an 8.7 and Rotten Tomatoes a 95%. Some do not like what they see in the mirror, but shouldn't blame the mirror. Ooh. Now the critics say Charlotte Hale's inner turmoil takes center stage in The Absence of Field, an episode that cleverly blurs the line between past and present, human and machine, and the two sides of a conflict that seem all too clear so far. One of the big questions leading into the season was addressed in this episode. Whose Pearl is controlling Charlotte? Dolores says she can trust this person. They share a tender moment in a hotel room, and yet she never actually says the name, which means that Westworld is shelving the big revelation for another time. Keeping the audience in the dark over Hale's identity is an immensely frustrating narrative strategy, the sort of misdirection for its own sake that invites speculation without substance.
1: Perhaps. <clears throat> There may be substance once it's revealed. You do run the risk, of course, when you do this type of narrative for theorizing's sake. But depending on who it is, it might make complete sense.
2: You know, I agree with these critic statements because there were a lot of things I did like about this episode. But in general, I know that the creator said coming into this season, they wanted to simplify things a bit. To streamline it, to not drive us crazy with multiple timelines and guessing games for their own sake. And it felt like we were getting that in episode one. Two was a little more complicated, but still great. This episode felt a lot like the mystery box. The main point is we're supposed to figure out who the heck's inside of Hale's body, and I don't want that to become center focus. We did so much of that last season. Who's inside of Bernard? He's fritzing out. What timeline is he in? Abernathy's got something going wrong inside of his head that we find out is because all of the data's in there. It turns out Ford's inside of Bernard. Dolores is getting away in Hale's body. How many pearls does she have? It's kind of fun to speculate. I think the issue is, at this point, there aren't that many characters that we have felt connected to other than the ones we're seeing on screen. Dolores, Maeve, Bernard, and now Caleb, that regardless of who it is, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on me. And we will discuss the options, you know, what are those theories that are floating around out there. But if it's, let's say, Teddy, who was somehow taken back from the sublime, even though I feel like that would be a huge robbing us of a plot line we felt we had, or Clementine or her father Abernathy, I don't know, if one of those was the answer, would you feel blown away, like it really matters to keep it a mystery?
1: No, not if it's one of those. But there are a few other ones that might have a payoff in the end. But there's also something besides who is Hale going on. And if this is the case, we can never mind our statement in the beginning of this season saying we're going linear people because we have the possibility of a world inside of a world.
2: We had said that already. And last episode, I said, instead of two timelines, we're going to get two different realities we were speaking then because of Maeve being inside of a simulation, but we had kind of wondered: Does that go beyond here? Mm. When Dolores first escaped, we said, "Is she really escaping, or is she still following a narrative?" I do like those questions, especially when it comes down to who is Sarek. Is he really there <laughs> when you see him, or certain characters interacting with him inside of a simulation? I can get on board with that because I think he is supposed to be the bigger deal. And what's going on with Rehoboam, the extent to which we're seeing the outside world, is this actually the outside world? I think that is going to be the bigger picture for this season.
1: For sure. And do you want to get into that now or?
2: Well, yeah, I think we should get into it as it relates to the title because it's a direct parallel to him. We talked in our spoiler section last week. The title is The Absence of Field which comes from a poem by Mark Strand. We'll read it again, just in case you didn't listen to that section. It says, In a field, I am the absence of field. This is always the case. Wherever I am, I am what is missing. When I walk, I part the air, and always the air moves to fill in the spaces where my body has been. We all have reasons for moving. I move to keep things whole. So by your own simple presence within a space, within an area, you are disrupting it. Mm. That portion of the air that was there before, that portion of the field has to move to accommodate your existence. That means we are impacting everything just by being present every moment. Absolutely. I'm impacting the field, now does that impact the insects within the field and what do they go on to do? It's a ripple effect. And I think that we're seeing that's what Rehoboam was trying to track with humanity. Every single decision and course that we take over our lives has an impact on the world at large and the world was in trouble as we hear prior to this. So they felt if you could really determine that, where is everybody going to end up? And is that the right conclusion or not? Then you could try to dictate their behaviors to wind up at a better conclusion. So they've been tracking those ripple effects. They've been tracking them through Rehoboam. And in fact, they tell us this episode, it's almost an entire mirror world.
1: Exactly. And that's when our brain starts saying, wait, okay, so are we not in the real world? Maybe Dolores purposefully is in Rehoboam already, in the mirror world, infiltrating the code. Let's see if I can keep this (laughs) on track without going too crazy. If they are, that would make sense when she says to Caleb, by dictating what you can and can't do, they're making sure that you do end up killing yourself in 10 Mm. or 11 years, 10 or 12. That would make sense if this is the second world inside of Rehoboam, because it's testing it if these things happen then these will be the results. And it's probably testing it a million times in different worlds. So when we see that circle, which we've seen in other movies and TV shows before, something very similar, it's nonlinear in time. So it sees the past, present, and future all at once. And when you see an anomaly, that's it recording it in this test world saying, okay, well, this mark this gonna moment. This thing's have a ripple. Yeah. There's an this.
2: absence of field.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: We don't want that to occur. And that would make sense when we saw Serac meet Maeve and he had her pearl stored in what looked like a smaller version of that, maybe his own private simulation for particularly important events or people. Mm -hmm. And we saw that the simulation was running much, much faster so that they could get to the end of what will Maeve do? What is the outcome here? Well, you can imagine that on a much larger scale inside of Rehoboam for the whole world. I think... As we go over the course of this plot, that leaves me with a couple of questions about Serac.
1: But also, I think it's all ones and zeros. There's not actual pearls in the Rehoboam world.
2: Well, yes. So in order to do that and have that work effectively, he would need a certain amount of data on every single person in the world. Right. They give us just a slice of how that's possible when Dolores is talking to Caleb here, saying that they collected all that prior to the Privacy Act. Mm Mm-hmm. I still have very serious questions about that. I mean, down to a transcript of word for word what happened between Caleb and his mother in the diner when he was eight years old. Could they really get all this information on everyone in the world? Maybe. And put it into the system. And if they have that, which they're leading us to believe they do, what in the hell does Serac need with guest data from the Westworld Park?
1: Yeah, because you would think that he already has the data on these people. In the real world.
2: Yeah, I went back and re-listened. He didn't say host data. He said guest data.
1: I don't know at this point. So
2: that's a major question for me. Coming back to episode two, how could he, how did he not know anything about Dolores when he had such a pinpoint on Maeve? Does this go back to who was whose creation as far as the founders of the park? And we have some Clatchers kind of putting that out there into the universe again. And I'm always thinking about it. That Ford came to think of Maeve as his favorite, whereas Bernard identified with Dolores, who was going to reach consciousness, what way were they going to get there, and which part of that information might be known. So when sirach had this transfer of data 20 decades ago that was initiated with the park, what was in there and it, did it have anything to do with that? How could you keep that secret? But furthermore, sirach is referenced in this episode himself as a black hole. You would guess this absence of field, the impact that you make, grows exponentially larger depending on how powerful of a person you are. Sure. How many things that you come into interactions with. And he, as a person responsible for Rehoboam, who's worth, what did they say, $3 trillion?
1: Something like that.
2: Is like a black hole. His presence can be inferred by how much it affects everything else. Sure. And yet nobody can ever track Him down. That could just be because he doesn't want to be found or because he doesn't exist in the real world.
1: Exactly. So, before I answer that question, something about black holes. I remember Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about this. A black hole is nothing, there's nothing, no Mm -hmm. data there. But the way they can measure how big a black hole is, is how large of nothing there is because Mm -hmm. it's sucking everything in. So, absence of void. And we have a Clatcher who talked about that, and I'll touch upon it in a second. But to answer your question, and we've discussed this, so you know this, um, I believe that Serac isn't a real person. I think it's a depiction of a person that is Rehoboam. I hate this fucking word. Rehoboam.
2: There's not a second R. Rehoboam. Yeah. <laughs> so, a um,
1: so when Rojo wants to talk to our host or to humans, it, it uses this character now it can infiltrate real people real beings it can own controlling shares of delos things like that
2: i guess the question is is he still alive somewhere if not how is his code uploaded because we know this is something that westworld was struggling with to upload human consciousness into something else certainly to a host body has proved disastrous as we've seen thus far you know, begging the question that we'll get to later is whoever inside of Hale's body actually a human? Mm-hmm. And that's why this situation is not working, which I think would be a lot more interesting. Absolutely. But we have seen it done within the system.
1: Yes. Ford was Ford. able to He was
2: doing his thing. Leave a footprint of himself behind. So we sort of have precedent for that, if that's what Sirax has got going on.
1: Yeah. That would be the case if we are in a simulation in the real world. Right now, with Dolores and Hale, everything we see. And that is a depiction of the original Serac. Or, and I think it'd be more interesting, or, and I like this idea as well, Serac is is made up by the computer. Whoa, whoa.
2: I don't like that.
1: No? Because the computer has gotten so big, it's got control of itself. It has its own mind now. Or am I getting too Lawnmower Man?
2: I just think the further we spin that out, as we've done in the past, it's hard to maintain connection with anything. We're in a simulation. It's all run by the computer itself. There's no human who was ever even present and responsible for it. Mm. It's, It's hard to be able to grasp onto anything.
1: Well, no, there was a person, Liam's father, originally.
2: Well, and how much does that feel like a Ford Arnold parallel?
1: Oh, for sure. If there
2: was... Dempsey Sr. and Serac. Yeah. And they had a difference of opinion, a parting of the ways for how this should be operated. I mean, there must be a reason they're drawing that. And we keep asking what's the connection between Delos and Insight. And now you have supposedly these two founders that would be at odds against what to do with the AI. Mm -hmm. I have to see that going somewhere. And if Serac never existed, that takes that away too.
1: Okay, I dig it. I have to be honest with you up until this episode... I was fighting against the fact that this real world we're seeing is not real. But the more I look into it and the possibilities of it, I'm not saying I'm 100% thinking that it's not, but going over this episode, the little clues they gave us, and then the fact if you look at their cover art for Westworld Season 3, you have a desolate, sandy environment with the color almost like... Westworld. Almost like Westworld, but also almost like... The pictures, the old pictures you would see after an atomic bomb. And then the city in the background is in ruins, basically. That's not the city we see now. So maybe that is what happened to the world. And we're seeing the shiny computerized version of it. The idealized.
2: So that's saying everyone is living within a, inside a simulation right now. And we've talked about this in Black Mirror episodes in the past. Which gives me something to kind of anchor myself. If you remember (laughs) in the episode where they were trying to figure out dating and which partner they should wind up with? Yes. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen, I don't know which number that is on Black Mirror. It's
1: been years, though.
2: But what they wind up finding out at the very end was that they haven't been dating in real life. They've been inside a dating simulation that will eventually come to the point to tell them whether they're going to work out together or they should be partners or not before they ever even enter into the relationship. But there is an outside world then that you go to. Mm -hmm. And those people are like, okay, we've run the numbers. You shouldn't wind up with this person. Mm. So I guess, do we go back and forth between a simulation and the real world? I had even thought people that are living in the real world just might not be seeing it for what it is. Does something in their chip alter their perception of the way they see not a desolate landscape. It's another
1: way to look at it, yeah.
2: Beautiful gardens growing off the side <laughs> of a building—something to keep them in check and not have them be miserable and depressed because they're already miserable and depressed that they have no choices in life.
1: That's another possibility, and I like that too. Uh, unfortunately, Clatchers, we're at that time in Westworld where we're going to be giving you an abundance of possibilities. But if you embrace it and have fun with it with us, I think you will enjoy the ride as well.
2: Well, because there's no answers yet, right? That's proven by the millions of theories being thrown out.
1: Sure. Jonathan Nolan said something very interesting in the behind the scenes. He said, in terms of influence, we were thinking very much about the Matrix, but the slightly lo-fi version. You don't need Zion. You don't need to plug anyone in like a battery. We already done it. We already created the Matrix invisibly within our own world, like an overlay. Mm. just thought it was interesting the way he said that.
2: Overlay kind of makes me think of what I was just talking yes, about. Yes,
1: that's why I brought it up, yeah.
2: Because if it is fully automated, it has to leave you thinking of these other questions. What is the real world like? Are we all just sitting around, again, black mirror, <laughs> kind of body sacks, to put it crudely, with our brains plugged in and and who's running all of that? Then are, are we already all dead and just pearls uploaded to a giant machine. Like I don't see an endpoint there that tracks all the way through. Mm -hmm. We we have to be somewhere, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. One of our Clatchers, Andros, and I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, brought up what we've been talking about. The fact that fake Hale is speaking to her assistant in front of the eye and they referred to Serac as a black hole. And he likened it, just like us, to the title, Absence of Field. But that made me think, and I wrote back to him, we think for sure that was... Reflecting upon the title, but also this episode is really about who am I? We see that with Hale. I mean, that's the whole story. Who am I? She can't figure it out. She's looking in the mirror. She doesn't know. She sees a reflection, but it's not talking back to her. And I believe that is also, and this might be a stretch, but an absence of field, an absence of yourself.
2: Wherever I am, I am what is missing, particularly if you are not allowed to discover who you are. As we see with Caleb, mm-hmm. as we've seen with the host in the past. You're only ever what is missing. You're never allowed to come to that full realization and actualization of free will and what you would choose. Yeah. Where would you wind up then?
1: Yeah. And I'm a result of that in real life. Because I was meant to be a basketball player, but the system decided to make me stop growing at five foot eleven.
2: <laughs> well, then what did it do to me? Goodness. Well, moving along, we got two music notes for this episode. The first was Left in the Dark by Truett, and it played as Dolores and Caleb were in the diner. And the second, Doomed by Moses Sumney for the end credits.
1: I love that song so much. It makes me feel sad, but also makes me feel good. It's weird when I listen to it.
2: Cut off my wings and come lock me up. Just pull the plug, I've had enough. Cut off my wings, the image of the eagle in the beginning, losing its feathers. Dolores saying pull the plug on the whole system at the end. No hint of movement, no sign of pulse, only an echo, just skin and bone. They really picked this effectively. I mean, it relates very much to what we're seeing.
1: Absolutely. And besides the music, and I was really paying attention to this when I had headphones on looking for clips, Ramin Jawadi is amazing. We talked about him a lot in Game of Thrones, probably past seasons of Westworld. We went and saw his concert. Which awesome. Was incredible. Dude, yeah. The sound effects, just the tone that he sets the scenes. He does a lot of the work that you subconsciously pick up on. Jawadi for president, He's a genius.
2: I really (laughs) believe that. Well, for new faces and places, we got Irene, played by Nadine Lewington. That was Hale's assistant that we met for the first time this episode. Jake, played by Michael Ely, Hale's ex-husband. I wish he had more screen time. And Nathan, played by Jackson Thomas Williams, Hale's son.
1: Now, Jake, her ex-husband, we watched a show... Years ago, it unfortunately, only had one season where he was a robot. It was in the future. He was like an AI. Do you remember that? It was called Almost Human.
2: Oh, yeah. I
1: enjoyed that. I'm so sad that there was only, I think, one or two seasons. Yeah, one season, 2014. I can't believe I remember that. Anyways, I just think it's funny that he comes back into this kind of world.
2: Well, and finally, we got Estefan, played by Isaac Rossi, which is one of Caleb's former associates, (laughs) the one trying to dangle him off a roof because they're after Dolores. Now, the plot, as usual, is split up in segments, so we're going to talk all about Hale at first, and we will just refer to her as Hale, because Mm -hmm. we don't know who it is, and then we'll talk about Caleb and Dolores. We open up an image of a host being constructed, coming in flashes, starting off with the eyeball, and there's so much of that eyeball imagery that keeps repeating. I don't quite know where they're going with it yet but it is everywhere from the opening credits where it appears to turn into the sun to architecture in the background.
1: And I was watching a video, I meant to send it to you, of all three opening titles for season one, two, and three happening at the same time. It was really well done. There's an eyeball in all of them.
2: Yeah, there sure is.
1: Talk about derailing. Here we go. I think you talked about this in episode one, but the last scene before the Westworld logo comes up, the first one, they're being dropped in milk, something milky. Second season, looks like water, it's clear. And third season, blood, which I do remember you said. Yeah,
2: we wondered if it was turning more human. But back to the eyeball, we've talked in other podcasts how even when you're drawing or creating something on a computer, the eye is one of the hardest things to replicate. Mm. It is actually alive and it's so complex that it's difficult to fake it. Now, you see really intricate as the machine is creating its strands within the iris. But I wondered, is that another giveaway? Like when they take Dolores in the ambulance and we find out her blood doesn't have platelets, it's kind of a red flag that she's not human. I thought something with the eyeball would have to do with that. Now, she is able to put the contact in, and you see that retinal scan kind of go around, so it doesn't seem to be thwarted by that, but eventually will that come back into question? In other words, are their eyes different from ours? Yeah. Because they're constructed.
1: Of course, for sure.
2: By the way, you know I can prove my humanity through my eyeball? I have a huge freckle on top of my pupil in one eye. Yeah. That is a...
1: It's a window for the devil inside natural (laughs)
2: imperfection. Anyhow, after we see the body being made and sunk into that liquid, Dolores dresses her. When she brings Hale back online, Hale anxiously asks who she is. And Dolores instructs her to remember herself then shows her a mirror and tells her who she needs to pretend to be. So first mirror image. She says they need to control Delos, and she trusts her to do that. Without Delos, there will be no more of their kind except the handful she was able to bring out, three of them and him. Now I had wondered if there was some clever wordplay going on here because obviously you're meant to think and him is Bernard, and then they go on to looking at that one marble that is red Mm -hmm. that we said Automatically, last season, that's got to be different because we know that the human host hybrid balls are red, whereas the regular host ones are black. So that red one is clearly Bernard's. Yes. And we believe it's red because it has some actual Arnold mixed into it. I think so. Although that's not totally confirmed. I mean, just kind of as close as we can get to it. Yeah. But could the end him have been somebody else?
1: Oh, just a play on words? Right.
2: Like a clever editing...
1: I don't know because Hale then says, but he wasn't on our side. Mm -hmm. And then she said... He
2: tried to have us all killed. I don't know. I think that's easy because Bernard is a target for everybody right now. But Dolores thought it important enough to bring him back out and give him life. He is her counterpoint and he's needed. So he's more than just the guy that was trying to shut it down.
1: Yeah, there's something about that we don't know yet. For sure.
2: She also thinks related to this greater world they're in, it won't take much to bring it crashing down, but they need to move quickly. Hale needs to be sent back before anybody really knows that she's missing.
1: Now, Clatchers, we will discuss who is Charlotte Hale, but we're going to do that later on in the podcast.
2: So now we get another elevated scrutiny alert from Rehoboam in San Francisco that says special circumstances. And Hale watches as a riot control robot is delivered and activated. Apparently they made 300 but the Saudis backed out after the incident in the park, so they're working on new buyers.
1: That was so beautiful. How do you move something that large? You have it...
2: Five boxes. In
1: five boxes <laughs> that puts itself together like a puzzle. I love that.
2: And that's one of the products that we examined when we did our closer look last time. Yeah. That they had agriculture, construction, poor George, we'll get to it, and the mech for riot control. This is the mech.
1: Yep, and we've seen in trailers that we will see the mech Again.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so yet again, why would you need actual muscle if we're not in a real world where a giant mech robot needs to control people?
1: Here comes the, I'm uh, making things up as we go. Maybe those hail shots are the real world.
2: Yeah, that's what a lot of people were saying, that we could be getting a mix. And people were even wondering if the wardrobing was an indication because there are scenes where people are dressed almost all in white, Versus dressed almost all in black. Now we saw the white as a big example with Serac and Mave's meeting. Mm -hmm. So could one be the real world and one a simulation?
1: My head hurts.
2: (laughs) Yeah, let's keep moving along. Irene, Hale's assistant, delivers the news that a company has been slowly and unknown to them buying up shares as shell corporations in microtransactions to the point that they now own 38% and are the largest majority shareholder for Delos. Thus, they can't go private. It's in this interaction we see one of Hale's first behaviors, and we're going to talk about that later, not here, of her cutting herself. Irene later finds out it is Serac behind the hostile takeover. She compares him to a black hole, says he's got no records or online information, but he's worth $3 trillion and found out about them from this data transaction two decades ago. In the midst of all this and ongoing, Hale keeps getting voicemail messages that initially sound just like static
1: noise. Now, at first, I was thinking, oh, is that the way Dolores is communicating with her? In a code, a host code, maybe, Mm -hmm. that no one else could intercept and understand? But I was way off with that one, huh?
2: Are you way off? Because it turns out it's Serac. If Serac's a machine... Oh, that's true. ...they're communicating through sound code. Well, first, Hale goes to her home, and she finds Jake, her ex, who tells her she forgot to pick up their son again. He's been giving her the benefit of the doubt because of the trauma she experienced. But in actuality, she's always been like this, never present. She goes to tuck Nathan into bed, and he thinks she's not doing it right. This is not his mommy. Mm. One of many inferences that there is something different about her. Despite the fact that she looks like Hale, she has knowledge of Hale's life, there's a piece of her, her essence, her spirit, her soul,
1: sure that's yeah. not there. And Clatchers, remember this scene. later on when we talk about who Hale could possibly be.
2: Now, when the company tells Hale they have a leak that goes beyond the buyout...
0: Kiway's in the process of inventorying all the park's assets. We're missing host control units. Most were low-level side narratives, but but there was a madam. Maeve Millay. Her parole was stolen. Remember, stole the HCUs had admin-level access to the park... Security systems on site are still heavily damaged. This was an inside job from the top of the food chain.
2: Hmm. In fact, they're kind of questioning her mid-conversation. They think the mole has been feeding information to the buyer. She manages to put them off, but she's really freaking out. So she calls Dolores and says she needs to meet with her. And they arrive at this hotel. This is where we were talking about the whole side of the building. Just looks like there's greenery coming off of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we're learning is everything in this future, let's just say this is real, to keep it simple right now. Everything in this future, nature-wise, is no longer there. Humans have destroyed it to the point where I'm assuming most places are, look like cities now, cement everywhere. So what they had done is made the buildings actually act as nature as well. There's trees everywhere climbing up the building all throughout it, which is beautiful, by the way.
2: If we destroyed the environment, though, to -hmm. the point that you don't have that naturally, how are those things growing?
1: I don't know. I I don't know, and I don't appreciate you (laughs) asking
2: me this. Well, you know, a bubble, a dome over that entire part of the world to now manage your environment? Are we on a space station somewhere that's off the planet?
1: Ooh. Well, the other clue, and I don't know how far this goes, we know... That elephants no longer exist. We know that because Hale was talking about it to her son, Nathan. But we don't know if that's every animal. Dogs do. We did see dogs. Mm. But I feel like if we're going to have mass extinction of animals, for sure, in reality, dogs will survive.
2: Or it's a robot dog. Oh, possibly. And we just don't know it. I mean, If we're going to recreate something into a host, Westworld has horses because you need to ride horses. So in the real world, the most common pet is a dog. Maybe we got host dogs.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I still think they are survivors.
2: Well, we did that whole special on our Patreon, Life After People. Dogs will make it. They will. If you want to hear more about that.
1: And within six months, they'll become wild. Mm-hmm. And you won't want to be around Frodo anymore.
2: <laughs> now, when Hale meets with Dolores, Dolores notices that she's been hurting herself pretty severely. Concerned, she books a room for them and the rooms around it so that they won't be heard. And Hale admits she feels like she's changing after spending this much time in this body. It's like she's trying to cut through her skin and rip me out, she says. And Dolores replies, you're talking like one of them. They don't have impulse control. We do.
1: Now you were saying this the first time we saw Hale cutting into her arm. You were saying she's acting like a human. Hosts don't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. The involuntary...
2: Yeah, my very first thought was where was she cutting into her arm because it looked like when Bernard had to cut into his arm to hard port into his host thing. But then it continued on, and it was a a clearly psychological, almost involuntary defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. What I had difficulty with, despite the high pressure and anxiety, I didn't see a lot of indicators... And maybe that's just because we never saw the side of Charlotte Hale as a person, that perhaps she was engaging in that, that she was struggling with some self-injurious behaviors. And this was further amplified for me when they're in the hotel room and Hale takes her shirt off, and a lot of viewers noticed it looks almost like a pattern that she's cutting into her skin.
1: Yeah, to me, it looked like astronomy.
2: Mm, That's a good call. I could not figure it out. I was looking...
1: I'm just. I'm looking at our Breakbills University design that we have for the magicians. Which, by the way, it's free wallpaper. Go ahead, download that. <laughs> um, Coffeeclashcrew.com. Anyways, it's very. I did an astrological thing there. We have circles. We have the lines. The very straight lines.
2: If we go back to that sun imagery and the way that things move around it, that would kind of make sense. But that leads you to two very separate conclusions. Is this? hail inside of her and some part of her including psychological suffering remains even though it's just the body that this host who's in there is so driven to just engage in those actions or does it have to do with the host with the control unit and her actually carving some sort of message into herself or symbology
1: maybe at this point we don't know but it's all interesting
2: well, and the, the third option that we had discussed is if it's actually a human consciousness they've tried to place into her and how we have seen the human-host hybrids start to harm themselves, destroy themselves. Mm-hmm. Could this be a malfunction of trying to put a human inside of a host body?
1: The man in black tried it for years.
2: Yeah, that's led a lot of people to wonder, could it actually be the man in black she tried to put in there? No. I don't think the way she was talking to Hale in that scene suggests Man in Black to me. Not at all. I mean, you do have to remember Dolores had a relationship with William when he was young William in the park.
1: Yeah, but not like this. But
2: to the extent of I know you better than anyone and you me.
1: And also, they wouldn't have William be so young acting, for lack of a better word.
2: Right, almost innocent in those first scenes. That's yeah. Which contradicts later when Hale says, I remember who I really am and I'm a predator. It feels very different than these first scenes. So I wonder if it's more malfunction than necessarily looking to those traits as these are the qualities of whoever's inside of her.
1: Right, okay, so let's break down who is Hale. Might as well do it now. I have my theories and I scoured the web and I'm not going to go through all of them. There's too many but I will name them. Number one, we have Angela as a possibility. If you remember, Angela is one of the oldest hosts. She was the one not in the field when we first met her. She was in the offices, I guess you would call it, before you go into Westworld. Nice uh, white dress. She's the first one to talk to humans that are coming on vacation there.
2: And we have a connection to her as a viewer, but is there any Dolores-Angela connection to this extent that we would believe they'd be talking to each other this way?
1: No, and also remember, Angela got messed up in the end of season two.
2: Yeah, that takes you to number two, Clementine, who did have a greater relationship with Dolores in-universe, but so far as we know, things ended badly for her as well. Now you could get into, are we able to fix uh, problems within a host control unit before we put it back into the body? And if not, maybe that's why the glitching that we see, you know, because number three is Abernathy, her father, and he was having difficulty doing due to his messed up control unit. So if she's tried to put one of those back in there and didn't adequately fix it, yeah, maybe that's a reason for what we're seeing.
1: Maybe, but I don't like any of those. Like you said before, it's not really that big of a payoff if it is. So number four, we have the man in black, which we just discussed. The thoughts behind that is because the way we ended off with the man in black in the future, desolate world, everything's destroyed, which makes me think, again, the real world is all messed up and we've been looking at a a simulation of the world. But again, still don't like that. So,
2: I I mean, that makes sense in the extent that We couldn't figure out this human-host hybrid thing very well. He was there being tested over and over and over for fidelity. Did we get to a certain point where we're able to put him in a host body?
1: It's only been 90 days.
2: She's been important (laughs) to... Well, so far as we know. Yeah. Now, they could be messing with a. there's a two timelines thing that we don't know about. Yeah. That wouldn't be past Westworld to do that. And so... You have the ability to put him in there, but there's still going to be some human aspects that start to surface that create a problem. And maybe she's even tried this a couple of times. You know, we know that when Dolores left the park, she was in a first hail body. And yet we see she's having to recreate a new one once she gets to Arnold's home. Yeah. So what happened to the first one? Did she try to put the pearl in there after she swapped her own and destroyed the body is this like an ongoing process and that's why she needs to keep coming and trying to mold this host to talk to her to talk her through these things i like that the best so far i certainly like it better than the next one
1: so number five is teddy (sighs) i don't like it i hate this because one i think she really had feelings for teddy and teddy made it obvious that this wasn't for him he's not a killer He's not like this, and that's why he shot himself. And then also, like we've said before, then we saw him go into the sublime.
2: Which she does have the coordinates, supposedly, to wherever she sent them, and we discussed in previous episodes maybe the ability to bring someone back.
1: Sure, if you can upload, you can download.
2: She put him through so much and finally came to the determination that she needed to let him go last season. Yeah. I had mentioned, I don't like it because it feels like it undoes that entire arc. Yeah, Any growth that she was making, any way that these hosts were moving forward and becoming more human. She says it only works if this is something permanent. Permanent means there needs to be some kind of death. If there is a death and hosts go to the valley beyond, they can't be brought back. (laughs) You're doing the exact same thing they're doing. And she's on such a quest to upturn all of that. It makes no sense to do it.
1: I don't like it. And then we have one which right now, and you're going to hate me for this, is my favorite. Okay. And that's Wyatt.
2: Ugh. This is worse than Teddy.
1: But it would make sense. He is the dark side of Dolores. He was Dolores. A part of her.
2: A version of her that Ford built in there. Right. To orchestrate a massacre.
1: But a version that is in there.
2: Why would she want to utilize that? Something so unstable.
1: As a fighter. The reason why I'm thinking this is she says to Hale, or Wyatt in this case, you belong to me. No one knows you better than I do. And then later on in this scene that we're actually discussing, when they lay down together in the bed, they are in a fetal position that kind of symbolizes birth or like they were created together. It also, if you look at the shape, it resembles the yin and the yang and i i looked at this i thought it at first but i'll tell you this idea laid out is not my idea it was on reddit she's dressed in black hails in more a uh, lighter color and of course we know yin and yang talks about balancing out one another being part of the same whole and then I, i've
2: heard all of this stuff i just don't think <laughs> We saw Wyatt as a character within this universe, created by somebody else, not something that Dolores really felt she had ownership over, and it wasn't a character that we were connected to in any kind of way. Again, I don't know why that reveal is going to be satisfying, if that's what it turns out to be.
1: Well, I like the fact that it's her. It's a part of her. I saw this Westworld Gifts, and I retweeted it on Twitter, at Ckc Podcast. if you want to check it out. There's three scenes here. The one in the beginning of this episode with Dolores and Hale, the one from the hotel, Dolores and Hale, and then the one under that is from last season with Dolores talking to Dolores.
2: You could pull so many images like that, though. It's so easy to build this explanation for each one of these or to look at the lines that she says and interpret them to a lover, to somebody like Teddy that knows her better than anyone else, or her father that Mm -hmm. knows her better than anyone else, or Ford himself, True. That knows her better than anyone else. I, I just think people are going to start, again, pulling any single character that meant something and trying to find a way to work it into the equation.
1: Of course. And that's the Westworld enigma that we're in. I mean, I hate the fact that after every episode that we record, I feel good about it. And then after we watch one more episode of Westworld, I'm like, well, you can count out everything we just said last week.
2: That's <laughs> why I don't want to spend too much time on this. So who's the last guess?
1: Caleb. This one I don't like as much because it doesn't really, the pieces don't fall together. But there are some things that kind of sound cool. Caleb's mother suffered from schizophrenia. So maybe there's some schizophrenia inside of him.
2: Yeah, but that's, that's, people that are talking about this, again, with a knowledge of psychology does not just jump from, I have a thought disorder to I'm going to self-harm. Those are two different psychological processes that don't necessarily equate to one another.
1: And then there's the similarities of Caleb speaking to his mom and her saying, you're not my son. And when Hale is speaking to her son, Nathan, and he's saying, I miss my mom. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're not my mom. And the first time we see Caleb in season three, he's waking up in bed. And the way they framed and filmed that shot was identical to the angles and the movement of the camera to Dolores' waking up in bed in season one.
2: So I can agree with a lot of that stuff, and I do like the metaphor, what's happening there. Once we see the two different sides of him, there is sort of an innocence and a not understanding of this world that if he wakes up in a host body, what am I doing here? Who am I? Um, He's a predator in the sense that he's going to fight for those people who are being taken advantage of the way he tries to help Dolores. Maybe that's what's going on when he finds out Nathan's being targeted by a predator. Not just, I'm Wyatt, I'm a killer, but this is not right. And I have the ability to take you out if I think that you're a bad person.
1: Yeah, but the pieces don't fit.
2: Now, it would mean there needs to be a tricksiness in the timeline.
1: Exactly. That's what I was going to say.
2: That there are two of them where she's meeting and convincing Caleb is earlier. And this is later. Now, again... There is not a reliable source yet within universe showing us that we have the ability to download that consciousness effectively from a human and put it into a host. That was the entire Man in Black story last season. We're, we're almost jumping to, we can do that now. It's an inevitability. Yes. I don't know that we can.
1: Well, two things. Off of what you're just saying, if she downloaded the conscious, consciousness, quote unquote, of Caleb, but she's in this simulation... She's just taking ones and zeros. She's not taking a human consciousness. So maybe that's the difference. Then why
2: is there a human aspect fighting back
1: True. Okay. within the
2: body? Yep. That you can't have both. Dig it.
1: Okay. Um, also, if there's a play on time and what we're... See- man, it would get... People are going to be pissed because mm-hmm. she has Bernard's pearl. That means everything we're seeing with Bernard is in the future everything we're seeing with Dolores. That means Dolores. there's three timelines. Yes, exactly. And people are going to be like, and I thought said, you said you weren't we're doing this. We're done with that. Yeah,
2: yeah I, you know, like...
1: So I don't like that one.
2: I think people would be really mad, and I think they saw the reaction to season two, and now they're going to jump from that to there's reality versus simulation, and there's three timelines, and we learned how to take humans finally and put them into host bodies, no problem. Obviously problems, but... <laughs>
1: So oh, I, I don't like that one. I think one. we got
2: to be careful with it. And I think we got to move
1: on. But what's your favorite then? Dr. Ford?
2: <laughs> My, well, you know, you said your vote goes to Dr. Ford all the time. I wouldn't mind it being Dr. Ford.
1: Hey, let me throw a wrench into it. What if Dolores is actually Dr. Ford and Hale is Dolores?
2: Listen, <laughs> if Ford was at one point kind of in Bernard's head, is there not a way Dolores could have taken that out?
1: Here comes the... Uh, people hating me. As I remember it, granted this is two years ago, that was a program of Dr. Ford that was pre-programmed for the most part and could assimilate to what's going on. So it's not like a recording where he's just saying only certain things. It can assimilate to what's going on a little bit, but it's It's still not It's a level of consciousness,
2: but not a sentience. Yes. And it chose to leave Bernard's head by the end. And go back into the forge or wherever it was being housed.
1: Or so we think.
2: And then the forge was destroyed. So uh,
1: how trippy would it be if that was I, Dolores' I Dr. Ford? <laughs> I wouldn't
2: mind Dr. Ford, I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> because that would fit. You belong to me. No one knows you better than I do.
2: I yeah. That's what I was saying with the end him thing. Three and him. Mm-hmm. And if you are gonna have this parallel, right, with Serac and Dempsey, and then Ford and Arnold, we think Bernard's out there carrying around some Arnold consciousness. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if we had the two other founders
1: existing
2: in this world, finally in AI form?
1: Crazy. So much going on.
2: So always go Dr. Ford is the point. Plus, then we'd get to maybe see Anthony Hopkins again, hear his voice. That'd be dope. Something. Okay, listen, seriously, we're
1: moving on. This podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. As you all know, sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball benched and pitchers off the mound. But our friends at MyBookie aren't going to let it get you down.
2: Stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with MyBookie. Video poker not your thing? They've got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right, they have professional dealers at their tables live on site 24 7. Plus, MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you wagers on virtual action straight from the court at NBA 2K20. In the absence of live sporting events, MyBookie has launched a state of the art selection of simulated sports driven by AI and broadcasted and recorded to Twitch.tv. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win.
1: And they have so many other bets that you can get in on. They have political bets, current events, and current affairs. For example, first organization to send humans to Mars, SpaceX, or NASA.
2: You can cast your bet on World Car of the Year, who's going to win the next Nobel Peace Prize. They've got a ton of things on there. And for our listeners, you can visit mybookie.ag and use promo code CKC for a 150% bonus on your first casino deposit. That's mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And use the promo code CKC to receive a 150% cash bonus on your first deposit. And you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750.
1: That's free money to have fun with. So don't let the fact that sports are canceled right now, is not going on, there's still plenty of fun to be had at mybookie. You spin, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag
2: The end of that scene was Dolores healing Hale's wounds and telling her the lines that we talked about. You belong to me, but also don't ever hurt yourself again. After that, privately, we see Hale keeps watching that video she recorded the night of the massacre. The real Hale recorded for her son Nathan. Nathan. In it, she says she's sorry for not being there for him. She was trying to build a life for them, but now realizes none of that matters. He was always the most important thing. And she sings him his bedtime song, You Are My Sunshine.
1: And now Christina will sing it.
2: She receives a message that she's late to pick up Nathan again, so she heads to his school but finds a man, Tommy, talking to him and showing him his dog. Ooh, skin is crawling. Hale privately tells him she knows he's been meeting with Nathan and that he's a predator. In fact, she's disabled the cameras so she can then choke him to death.
1: Actually, he disabled them so he could do it.
2: So he could meet with him. You're right.
1: Yeah. Oh, creepy. Ah. Oh. I would have done, this, well, I wouldn't have killed him, but I would have beat the shit out of him. Killed
2: him and then take his dog. This is so dark.
1: Well, I would have taken the dog, too. <laughs> she says. i mean, like, that dog's mine.
2: <laughs> you reminded me of what it's like to be me. And later, as Hale plays back each of these voicemail messages in sequence, it creates the notes to, you are my sunshine. Dialing a number and playing that as the password, she is told they should meet. A car picks her up and takes her to a house where Serac greets her. He wonders if she's forgotten their arrangements.
1: I want what you promised me. Dallas's dirty secret. Profile for
0: every one of their guests. I have some of it, I want the rest. The assets were lost in the massacre. No one could have predicted what was going to happen.
1: I could, and I told you as much. This was your idea, Charlotte. You came to us. And you were very confident that you would be able to smuggle it out.
0: And I did. Our log show was downloaded from the satellite. The assets are out there somewhere, but no one has the encryption key. You already know that. You don't
1: think that you're the only person under my control? I've been told
0: exactly where the key is the mind of a host called Dolores.
2: So this goes back to what Hale was originally after inside the park. That she was in fact the mole and it was Serac she was getting this for. She explains that the data is in the satellite but no one has the encryption key. To which he responds that Dolores does so she needs to find her. And she has very little time. And then his holographic image disappears showing us he was never actually there.
1: All right, so now Dolores will be made aware of Serac. And I wonder where that's going to go. Because we know, obviously, there's no way that Hale, or this Hale, is going to now change teams. No, certainly
2: not. She's a double agent.
1: I wonder what's going to happen. Can Dolores outsmart Hobo?
2: Somehow or another that I can't understand, she has been up until this point. That Serac wasn't even aware of her, and that still blows my mind.
1: Well, he is. Remember, he talked to Maeve.
2: But before that, he said he thought she was the anomaly and not Dolores all this time. Mm. But speaking of, let's move into the Dolores and Caleb scenes because we pick up where we left off, them meeting in the alleyway, and Caleb calls an ambulance for her. This is when they try running diagnostics, but no readings are coming back, and the EMTs don't know what to do because the machine's not telling them.
1: Oh, my God. So the future... (laughs) EMTs depend one hundred percent on machines, and you always yell at me. We're going to be depending on machines for everything. I'll tell you this to to break it down into something that people now can relate to. I only know my phone number and the phone number of my mother's house because I grew up with that same phone number. I don't know yours. If I don't have my phone, I don't know your phone number. I don't know anyone's phone number if I don't have my phone.
2: And when you were younger, how many did you have stored in your head? A lot. Your family, your friends, important numbers.
1: Exactly. So take that and put it to scale for EMT people. They're trained what to do once the computer says, once the computer tells them to do it. So that's the reality.
2: Unlike someone like Caleb, who has clearly been field trained within his time during the military. Either he was a medic or he just knew a certain extent of medical knowledge in case they needed to treat people. So this goes back to the whole conversation. If he was a host, would it just be that those within the military get additional training? But to me, it feels like he's a human.
1: He's definitely he's a human. he's learned
2: things the old
1: school way. Absolutely. I think, if anything, this season depends on him being human. Mm-hmm. At least this version of him that we're seeing. Because that makes it so much more worth it that Dolores is trusting in him.
2: Well, then they are stopped by a police car. And Caleb gets a RICO alert on his phone, tipping him off that the cops have been bought. When he challenges them, the men pull guns, and Dolores rushes to stop them.
1: I like the fact that this app is really coming coming into play. It's not just the initial meeting of Caleb for his background. It's actually helping us out. Mm-hmm. Also, just to take a step back, when I'm saying he's got to be human, even if we're in a AI world right now, it's... Uh, Replica, it's ones and zeros of a real human, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, so after Dolores shoots them, she takes the cop car and tells Caleb he should disappear, get a new identity, because the less he knows about her, the better.
1: But why did she, she was messed up. How come all of a sudden she's able to get up and kick some ass? Will?
2: We've seen the hosts are able to just turn off so many things inside of them, pain sensors and everything else, that way they can keep functioning as long as it's not something that totally knocks her out. Mm. And then she's got the equipment
1: to heal herself at home. At home, yes. I wasn't questioning later on, but just in that scene, I'm like, wait, now she's getting up like the Terminator and kicking some ass. Well, she's not human. Yeah.
2: It's not like I've suffered so much blood loss that I have no more energy to get up
1: right. and do that. They don't have that. So maybe it took her that long to... Just the fact that he was, he needed to get her in an ambulance. Well,
2: was she even really hurt that bad or was part of this a stage to get Caleb
1: no, she didn't know him at that point. She's being surprised in my storyline. She's being surprised by this human. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. Well, then Caleb sees an alert that he's now a high value target. People should seize and secure.
1: You know what? Now that I say that, just thinking about <laughs> episode one with everything that looked like she got taken advantage of. And we're saying, no, no, she, she planned that all out. Maybe she was aware of Caleb. hmm Shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that goes back to, and I don't want to spend time on this, but the scene that they are in the alleyway and people have pointed out, Dolores and Caleb together, you see his shadow behind him and there is a faint overlay of an image of the man in the maze Mm. on his shadow on the wall. Anyhow, he goes to visit his mother at Vista Treatment and tells her he's going to be gone for a while. She again says she wants her son back and on his way out, he's grabbed by Estefan and his partner. They take him to the top of the construction building and hold him over the edge, trying to get him to reveal where Dolores is.
1: Okay, first of all, Caleb knows how this app works. Why would he go to one of the obvious places that he would be? Why would he go see his mom at this point?
2: I think he knows he's going to get taken. And okay. it's his last chance either so, way to okay. say I'm gone for a while. Well, this is really sad. George tries to come to the rescue. oh. And I really hoped it would be more than this. I mean, Estefan just casually pushes him off the top of that building.
1: Yeah. I mean, George wakes up and he breaks the chains off. And I'm like, oh, snap. We're going to see some, something in these Delos. He's
2: going to help the human. Characters
1: or machines. Yeah. And then maybe he has a connection with Caleb. And then we just see he was just reaching out slowly to catch him, ignoring the other two humans. And I'm like, oh, no, he's just a machine.
2: Damn maybe. It. Maybe. I mean, is it in their programming, like it was in host programming within the park that they couldn't hurt humans? And if he knows one is in danger, he must go try to intervene? Or was it more specific to he heard Caleb's voice, he heard the sounds of his struggle?
1: Well, two other things. Why would they bring bring Caleb back to where he works? I was wondering that
2: i I think that's an easy one because they know this is a pretty much deserted building. it's nighttime. nobody's going to be there. There's not no cameras yet opening where we can hang him out over the edge
1: okay, and two, did you see that symbol on the roof or the ceiling
2: they of that room made it a point to show it several times it's I have in red no idea what it means it's graffiti that's kind of on the ceiling or the wall if you watch back but in all my research, I couldn't find what it might mean. If anyone's got ideas on that symbol, please feel free
1: to write in and let us know. It could be them just messing with us. Like throw, put things in there to make them think for about For
2: nothing? Stuff. I mean, it's, well, it's I not mean, like there's graffiti all over the place. There's one symbol.
1: Well, I've been, with this quarantine, I've been jogging a lot. I got a trophy, actually, a digital trophy. Talk about uh, digital and things meaning nothing, but it meant something to me emotionally. I ran over 40 miles this month, which is a big deal for me because I'm normally just at the gym. But the reason why I brought up running is while I'm running, there's certain parts that the city where they're going to fix the drainage or fix a road, they spray-painted symbols that mean something to us as humans. We can tell what it means, but maybe that symbol in there is just construction.
2: Build a new wall here.
1: Yeah, Yeah. maybe.
2: Well, it could be. So after Curious George is disposed of, they turn even more brutal. Shutting off Caleb's drip, they tell him people would pay a fortune for a military grade one. So his is different.
1: No, they turned it on. He had it Turned it
2: on, I'm sorry. Yeah. But what he's got is even more advanced, kind of proving the point that he felt it so necessary to turn it off because he doesn't want involvement with that despite the fact that it seems it can do a lot more than the average.
1: Well, like everything we've been talking about as far as technology is concerned, With every bit that it helps us, it makes us more vulnerable. And that's what we're seeing here. I'm sure that drip, if we had it, it would help us in so many ways, emotionally, physically. That's where the things that they're swallowing that we talked about last episode connects. But right away, it shows how vulnerable he is. Now they can put him into cardiac arrest because of it.
2: I think what they did was max his adrenaline. Yeah. Because his heart rate skyrockets. He's anxious. We had talked in season one, crazy speculative theories. Could this be used somehow, the host technology, to create a bigger, scarier army? Could they be using it for military purposes? Mm. And if you have the ability, and this is why military service members have an upgraded drip, they could make them override certain things in their own physiology, just overcome that.
1: Oh, yeah. On the field, there's bombs and soldier number four is panicking. Turn off the panic sensors. Mm -hmm. Now he's ready to fight.
2: Yeah. I think that it seemed like something along these lines had been done to him before. And it was really almost sending him into a flashback. He was desperate, not just physiologically, but perhaps psychologically to turn it off once Dolores saved
1: him. Let's think about it, because I'm having fun with this technology-wise, as a sniper in the military, or even if you're hunting for a deer and you're looking through the scope.
2: Stabilize you gotta slow your breathing, your
1: heartbeat. hand control. Well, if you got this thing, if you got this drip, it'll do it right away for exactly.
2: you. Exactly. So Dolores does manage to save him. Of course. Caleb's worried that people will be after them now, but she's confident she has text scrubbing his profile and sending her the surveillance. So she takes him to breakfast. At the diner, she reveals she knows that he comes here every year on February 23rd. He orders the same thing. She shows him her tablet, where she has the transcription of the full interaction that happened with his mother when he was eight years old. She got up to use the bathroom, saying she'd only be gone a minute, but never came back. He sat in that spot for five hours until the waitress, Sarah, took pity on him and called social services. His mother was institutionalized six months later for schizophrenia. And Caleb is enraged as this goes beyond mere surveillance. How does she know all of this?
1: I was feeling his pain. And that's one of the sound effects that I was talking about. Just watch that scene again and listen to that. It's crazy. She knows all this. Is it because she said scrub his profile, knowing that now that she's infiltrated Martin, she has access to Rehoboam. So now by the time they're sitting down, she's got the whole download there.
2: Yeah, I mean because the next line she says is that the, the founders founder of
0: Insight fed everyone's raw data long before there were privacy laws. Every purchase, job search, doctor visit, romantic choice, call, text, every aspect of your lives recorded, logged in order to create a mirror world of this world. Why? To make a composite of you everyone so it tells them who i am it's not about who you are caleb it's about who they'll let you become
1: so that means it's not just what you do on your computer that they're able to capture i guess surveillance wise you know a lot of houses have nest cameras we have alexa so things like that maybe the before these laws were Put him to place, this restaurant and everywhere basically has smart things going on, and they're recording every conversation you have, and they're putting that in your data bank. Jason Pistorino said, and such and such, make it a double quarter pounder, please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And if I was him, I'd never want to see another strawberry shake in my entire life. I know. Well, it goes on. She then takes him to a pier and says the system has run a predictive algorithm and determined this is most likely where he will kill himself. Given his history of depression, his mother's illness, he possesses a firearm, and his fondness for the ocean. She thinks before the system, a man like him might have had a chance to keep striving. But now, because they're not investing in him, they ensure the outcome. And we see the readout that they have of him. There are many categories, including life projection, expectancy, health, mental stats, information on birth, childhood, adulthood, social presence. Everything. His overall assessment is unfit for social promotion and reproduction, meaning you cannot move up. In his occupational score, he's got a three six. Now, we don't know what the max is, but it seems low. He's restricted to manual or physical labor and allowed occupations including construction and the armed forces. This is why he keeps getting denied for any other job. But beyond that, he's not allowed to have kids. They have determined this is a bad match. His score is a 2-7 with marriage not recommended.
1: So what I'm thinking is, what I'm hoping is, (laughs) the real world, they don't have the right to do that. But in this simulation, of course, it's robo's own simulation so it can make these rules it is setting these rules these guidelines in this algorithm to see what happens to this person if we do this
2: will it come to his suicide in a predicted 10 to 12
1: years right and then we have that circle where things are happening and they're saying divergence here you know make a mark of that maybe we have to change that
2: But they would need to, within the real world, institute something like that, this meritocracy of a point system. If they're going to make such radical changes, it would have to include things like your occupation and whether or not you're reproducing.
1: Man, it's so dark. So let's put ourselves in the 1%. (laughs) This will be fun. We're super rich. We own a company. And we need to hire an individual where we're going to invest money and time to train this person. If we had a system that said... This person has the ability to be trained. They might be good, but in 10 years, no matter what you do, they're going to kill themselves. I guess the inhumane person who's all about money would say, Well, not hiring that dude. Forget that guy. We're not going to invest our time and money into this person. Let's go off of Caleb. Maybe it's another person that's saying, Well, in our algorithm and all of these 1 billion life steps that we've taken in simulation. 90% of the time, he ends up murdering such and such 10 years from now. Do not invest your time and money. I guess we would want that kind of information if we were the top of this company.
2: Yeah, but the whole idea of the system is so flawed because it's a machine that does not possess human aspects, human qualities, or thus the complex understanding of what humans are. Mm Mm-hmm. How can you determine what course a human is going to take if there's nothing human in your decision-making?
1: Yeah, free will, compassion. There's multiple movies that we saw where machines never were able to calculate the humanity of everything. It's not all about numbers.
2: And we know from a psychology standpoint, if somebody is not given a chance to thrive, be in an occupation that produces a sense of fulfillment, be in a relationship that creates happiness, work on their self-growth... Of course, they're going to be more likely to come to a poor outcome. If you change all of those things, you change the outcome. Mm -hmm. You don't have the same situation. Now, presumably, they have run the simulations where he gets those things. He gets the good job. He gets in a relationship. He works on himself. And what? It still ends badly? I don't know. I need to see those stats. Yeah. Have they given those things a chance? Have they run every possible scenario and this is what they're coming with every time? I don't know. But going on to finish this scene, Caleb wonders why she's telling him all this. Dolores says, They put you in a cage, decided what your life would be, they did the same with me. While most people aren't hard to predict, he surprised her with his choice not to give her up despite the threat to his life. So she offers him a choice. She could either give him as much money as he needs to run away forever, or if he stays, she's going to start a revolution by cutting the cord to the system and showing the world for what it really is. He decides, since she's the first real thing that's happened to him in a long time, and he's dead either way, at least this way he gets to pick who he wants to be.
1: I love the introduction of Aaron Paul and Caleb. It, I'm really enjoying this.
2: Yeah, and I think he's doing an amazing job acting this role.
1: It's a beautiful ripple in I the know Westworld.
2: Some people weren't into that, but he's been my favorite addition for this season. Well, that's going to wrap up the plot overview for this episode and just take us into our reverie rating. So Jason, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give episode 3?
1: You know what, Chris? This got really confusing at times. (laughs) And with our note-taking and our research, this week was heavy. And it's only episode 3. I'm going to go just a little bit down, but I still enjoyed this. I'm loving Westworld. I'm going to go back to uh, 9.0 for reveries, which is fantastic. It's an A.
2: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Certainly less than last one, 9.2. And I gave the first one a 9. Like I said, there's aspects I enjoyed, but I don't like the getting so twisty so fast on us. So I'm going to give it an 8.8.
1: I have a headache.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we must be back in Westworld.
1: And now we move on to our Clatchers, where we ask every week via Twitter, at CKC podcast who is your MVB? This week we gave you Dolores, Caleb, Hale, and Serac. Coming in in last place with 1.9% is Sirak
0: Ooh,
2: surprising.
1: And to note, there's four hours left, so it might change a little bit. Well, I gotta tell you, we don't trust him. We don't know much about him yet.
2: It seems like he's winning right now, though.
1: We don't know if he's real. We don't know what his deal is.
2: He's got an awful lot of control. Yes, Dolores is seemingly getting one over on him, but still... He appears to have a lot of agency at the given moment. Absolutely. Coming in third place with 17% is Caleb.
1: We just love him. I (laughs) mean,
2: he seems to be striking out on his own path, forging this relationship, fighting for Dolores. Is he still just being controlled, though? Within this world by her?
1: Yeah, you're giving up one control for another. But also, I think we're voting for him because... He is our humanity lifeline. <laughs> he's a good guy, despite all the pain he's been through.
2: She supposed wants to live. I like him. Mm-hmm.
1: And in second place, with 30.2% is Hale. This was a Hale episode for sure. I think next episode we might get a glimpse more deeper into the Man in Black. But huh, the questions, the internet is all about who is Hale. So, of course, she's going to get a good a high vote here at the same time i have to say um, at this point she's a hindrance to dolores and how is she going to help in the future we will find out
2: and whoever's inside of her is not faring so well this is quite literally tearing him or her apart she's being tripped up on this double agent thing you know this is not going to end well with serac she's pushing the storyline forward but i don't think she's winning and that leads us to coming in first With 50.9% is Dolores.
1: Well, she's kicking butt right now, and I'm anxious to see what happens when Maeve gets brought into the fold. Who are we going to cheer for? Right now, again, I'm thinking Dolores makes some good freaking points. Um, Maybe she's not totally against humanity. Maybe she's just against what's going on with technology and with the government or something in the world in the future.
2: That's what we were hoping. It's so hard to tell because we left off season two with her seemingly wanting to wage this war against all of humanity, to take this from them. Has her perspective changed out here? What does it mean to pull the plug and reveal the world as it really is? What is that going to do? Even if it's taking away power from insight and Rehoboam, what is it going to do to people? Once yeah. that's revealed to them. This could create serious
1: anarchy. Well, let me ask you, would you want it to be revealed to you if the actual world looks like the cover photo of Westworld Season two? I don't think so. I'd rather be <laughs> ignorant to it yeah. and enjoy my life.
2: I mean, I guess not everyone's enjoying their life, but like we say, what would it be like? Would it be 10 times worse Yeah. if you saw what was really there?
1: But also, I would not want an app. Essentially, it's a giant app dictating where i can work what are my abilities even if i try hard
2: you know my feelings on technology i won't Mm -hmm. even agree to facial recognition on my phone so
1: missy you just got a new phone you can't say shit
2: i turned (laughs) off every one of those features no i'm not doing any of it thank you just let me use my phone moving on let's see what the clatchers had to say about this sean in st louis says hale has become the most intriguing character for me right now who is she how did Dolores create some of her personality and memory without any memory of her ex-husband and child?
1: I wonder that too. How much of the information of Hale does Dolores have and how much of that is uploaded into this host?
2: Well, here's the thing. If information they were getting on humans inside the park is contingent on seeing their behaviors while they're there and particularly employees who are perhaps not revealing personal stuff about themselves... hmm So they know Hale to the extent of what she presents when she's there in Westworld. If she never talks about or to her husband or her son when she's there and they have this limited sphere to go off of, here's everything we know about Hale. Yeah, but we didn't know all this stuff. Yeah. So she doesn't either.
1: Okay. When she goes into Robo, Mm -hmm. she'll know more.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Joe says, okay, I voted for Dolores simply because I'm loving these scenes when she's a full-on badass. However, I'm really enjoying the Caleb character as well as who the hell is Hale? Abernathy, maybe? Since that name popped up in the captions? Did Uh, it? Really?
1: I heard about that. Listen, in the closed captions, apparently the first release of it, it said, Hale, Abernathy. Just like it says Dolores, Abernathy. And either they fixed it because now if you try to watch it, It doesn't show that or someone said it and like a virus, no pun intended. It just spread. It spread. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering that too, but I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it.
2: I, I mind her father a lot less than the other choices.
1: I'm with you on that one.
2: We were very attached to and sympathetic to his character,
1: but he wasn't such a child. That's why I'm thinking like if he, if it's part
2: was when he was confused
1: Oh, that's true. Within
2: the park. And then we know there was iterations of him because of how he was scripted that turned very vicious.
1: Oh, that's true, too.
2: What does he maintain now that he's out and she has fixed, quote unquote, his pearl? Although it was seriously messed up by carrying around all that data, the passenger file, for so long. Can you completely undo that? Can you take that out of his mind?
1: Okay. I apologize, Joe. Maybe maybe <laughs> that's right. Aaron says, "I wonder if Hale is Angela, a copy of Hale herself, or even a copy of Elsie. Is that the text name?"
2: Yes, it is. And you know what I like about that, hmm, and I hadn't Elsie. considered that is whoever they've put into Hale's body somebody that the human Hale did not like. Oh, personally. So there's almost a personal vendetta of don't put this AI inside my body. Get it out.
1: was well, not her body.
2: But if there is something of her spirit, let's say, the the essence of Hale, that remains in there...
1: The only memory that they could put in, Who yeah. would
2: she be most objective to but somebody that she had a personal problem with in real life? Okay. So that's why I like that one. Daniel says, I vacillated between Dolores and Hale, but ultimately chose Hale because she not only helped advance the narrative, but also showed us that all programming in the world cannot snuff out human passion. I do believe the Hale desperately trying to return to her son is the original human that existed at some point. As much as the post-Dolores modification Hale dealt with the child predator, I do think that was Nathan's mother helping Hale deal with him, even if Hale didn't recognize her. Yeah, I guess this goes back to how much of that is left there. Again, this episode brought back the Angel Heart vibes, but I also think it's interesting that you are reviewing Split right now, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Check it out.
1: We do do some things on purpose. And if you want to check that out, it's on Patreon. Go to coffeeclasscrew.com, click on Patreon, join us over there for some more CKC fun.
2: That's on the movie tier, the most recent review. Sherry Ava says, Wow, this was a mind-blowing episode with hard choice for MVB. My first is Hale, who evolved from confusion to Dolores Delos' spy, WIP mom, conflicted persona, and surprisingly, Serac's lackey and longtime mole. Was the black leather outfit Dolores wore when comforting Hale and talking to Cal... Reflective of her role as the new man in black. Mm. I mean, another good argument for it could be man in black, but.
1: No, not that it is man in black. It's the new man in black, the guy that's jaded of this world.
2: Except that in a lot of those scenes where they're doing people dressed in all light or people dressed in all black or dark, not just black. Caleb's wearing a very dark blue. In those scenes, it's not just her. okay you know like if she was dressed so much differently than everyone else, I might think that. but I, I do think they're playing with the costuming and something to keep an eye on.:
1: Maybe it is. I mean, we saw a visual scene of her changing who, her costume:
2: Black to gold. Yeah. she's also worn bright red in some of these scenes though. hmm so that, that's hard to track for me. Going on, Sherry says, my second choice is Dolores for having assigned purposes for hosts and clarifying to Caleb how Insight uses Rehoboam to determine future opportunities for humans or to promote failure. She may be cutthroat, but her cause is just. And Elliot Todd responds with good point. Her speech to Caleb was really convincing. I felt like Dolores was more patient and observant when she's dealing with humans, whereas she was downright rude to Hale, like the line, you belong to me, felt weird. Yeah, or the command never to harm herself again. hmm I mean, it does also continue to beg the question, and I hate to go there, but it is but is it Dolores inside of Dolores?
1: Well, that would be what I was saying if it's Wyatt, that is Dolores.
2: No, I mean somebody else's Oh oh ball inside of Dolores' body altogether.
1: If it is, it's Dr. Ford. Mm. For sure.
2: Because it's so mentoring and teaching
1: Yeah, if it's anybody, it's frickin' Dr. Ford. It can't be anybody else if Dolores is not Dolores. Agreed. And we have a voicemail for this episode.
0: Hi, ladies. It's Kirk, (laughs) calling from the ghost town that once was San Diego. I suspect that Charlie Hale is going to walk away with it this week because she, or the mystery person inside of her, finally emoted. But I'm still sticking with Dolores, the stone-cold assassin In the black Dior mini dress. (laughs) And did any of you happen to notice the straps of that dress formed the Westworld W logo? It's true. Go check it out. Wow. And while I'm here, let me put in a quick plug for CKC's Patreon membership. For less than the cost of a Starbucks Vente, if your Starbucks is even open these days, (laughs) you'll be supporting our favorite podcasters. Plus, you'll get hours and hours of archived movie reviews and bonus podcasts. And my favorite, the monthly coffee breaks. Plus, you'll get many chances to win merchandise from their website. Maybe even a cute little crop top. I know Jason looks fabulous. (laughs) I do. Now, I better get going. I have to go practice dodging bullets, just like Caleb. And he never gets hit. So, this is Kirk saying stay safe and bye.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Kirk. Thank
1: you, Kirk. I love that. Thank you for the plug, Kirk.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was well said. Better than we say it.
1: Join us over at Patreon.
2: So Jason, all things considered, who is your MVB for the episode?
1: I feel like I'm Lee and I'm about to short circuit. Um,
2: (laughs) All
1: right. I'm going to, you know what, for this episode, because I have a feeling the second half of this season, we're going to be saying less and less that Dolores is MVB. So for this episode, I'm going to go Dolores.
2: I think I agree with you. I'm very tempted and have been the last two times to go with Sarek, but it's because they leave off with these very short end-of-the-episode scenes and highly impactful interactions with main characters. I mean, we learn so much about him here that he's a trillionaire. He's like a black hole. In fact, he's even got a controlling portion of Delos. Mm. He's kind of getting over on everybody, but right now Dolores seems to have a plan. And I agree that I think that's going to change real soon. This might be my first and last time giving it to her this season.
1: And as of Sunday, we haven't looked today or yesterday. We got some new reviews on iTunes, and we want to thank them. Now, keep in mind, this is the reviews we have in people in America. Um, If you don't live in America, please still leave those reviews and just tweet us with a screenshot, and we'll shout you out as well. Unfortunately, we don't get to see those. So a big thank you to in Scarsdale.
2: You revised your review, and I've never seen that done before. So that means an awful lot. Thank you very much.
1: We really appreciate that, man. And Brainiac 5.1, thank you for your awesome review and the kind words.
2: And I know that's not the first one you've left us. I remember your name on other channels, so thank you.
1: And that just feeds the tank of fuel that Christina and I have to keep pushing forward and working hard on these podcasts. And we're going a little long here, so let's go straight on to spoilers.
2: If you are afraid of the spoilers, we will see you next time when we review Episode 4. For those of you still here, we know the title for Episode 4 will be The Mother of Exiles. This feeling a little Game of Thrones to me, huh? <laughs> it says the truth doesn't always set you free. Uh, making me think about when this real world is revealed to people. Will it not be a good thing? Well, they wish they didn't know the truth. Now, where does this come from? The Mother of Exiles is the Statue of Liberty. Emma Lazarus wrote the poem called The New Colossus for the statue, which depicts her as the Mother of Exiles, a symbol of immigration and opportunity. Lazarus wrote the poem to raise money for the construction of a pedestal for the statue, and it was cast into a bronze plaque beneath it. The words that say... A mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I will lift my lamp beside the golden door. And I have to think that's probably a symbol for Dolores. Next episode?
1: No, I'd I'd say so. Or
2: lift her light and show them the way.
1: Or Maeve.
2: Yeah, I think in a season of only eight episodes, because it is much shorter, next episode will actually be our midway point. It's going to have to be sometime soon that they come in contact with each other, right? I think so. Maeve and Dolores?
1: It's got to be. They're moving quick. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to the Mother of Exiles. I'm looking forward to Westworld. I love this. It's not the last season, right? There's got to be more.
2: We haven't heard anything more along those lines, and I don't think so. I hope not.
1: Well, Christina, I think we've uh, discussed enough about the theories out there. We could probably go on for three hours, but I think those are the strongest ones. I think we've confused our clatchers enough.
2: We've tied ourselves up in that web. Dolores accomplished her goal.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So let's shut ourselves down until next Sunday for episode four. Till next time. This round's on me. This round is on me.